Welcome to the NutraCast, a production by Nutra Ingredients USA. I'm Danielle Masterson. Thank you for joining me here on the NutraCast, where we talk and share insights from inside the nutrition industry. When you think of exotic trees, the Divi Divi in Aruba or palm trees in the Bahamas may come to mind, but the Northeast also has an exotic tree. My next guest is a world-renowned expert on maple research. Dr. Navindra Siram is professor and chair of the Department of Biomedical and Pharmaceutical Sciences at the University of Rhode Island. He did his doctoral and postdoctoral studies at the University of the West Indies in Jamaica and at Michigan State. Dr. Navindra Siram, my fellow Spartan, welcome to the NutriGuest. Danielle, thank you for having me. So you're also from the Caribbean, and I love that you think of the maple as an exotic tree. What drew you to the maple of all things? Thanks for asking that, Danielle. As you said, you know, I, I grew up in South America in the British colony of Guyana, Guyana, now known as Guyana. And being a third or fourth generation East Indian, you know, my ancestors were from India, growing up in a poor third world country, you know, we never had medicines like the way we think of medicines in the in the U.S. There are no pharmacies and, and physicians. So we always depended on using plants as our sources of, of medicines, as drugs, uh, because of what grandma said or our great grandma said. And and as a, as a young boy growing up in the Caribbean in, in South America, I, I was very piqued with, with what in plants are actually good for us and medicinal for us. So that's where my journey started. As you mentioned, I did my PhD in Jamaica, at the University of the West Indies, and then I came to Michigan State to do my postdoc, my fellow Spartan. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, you know, the way that we think of maple, as I was finishing up my postdoc, you know, coming from the Caribbean, I never even knew that maple syrup is not pancakes. I didn't know the differences. If I were going to have pancakes and I had pancake syrup, I did not know it's not pure maple syrup. So, you know, it's it didn't dawn on me at, at that time. You know, I moved from Michigan State. I went to California. I worked uh, at the University of California in Los Angeles at UCLA um, for five years. And during my time there, I did a lot of research on everything that goes in California. You know, California has most crops, as you know. Berries and fruits and pomegranates and various nuts, tree nuts. And after, you know, switching jobs and moving to the East Coast, coming to the University of Rhode Island, I wanted to work on something that was unique and niche to the East Coast. So it was only found in this region. And that's what drew me to Maple because it dawned on me when I arrived here, as I looked around, a beautiful foliage that the New England region is known for. It's because, in part, of many different types of species of maple trees that we have, including the sugar maple. So to get back to your question, you know, when I think of exotic plants, plants coming from the Amazon or from the Mediterranean or from India or from China, it was this exotic plant right in the northeastern part of the United States and Canada. And I was not explored as much until we looked at it. And we've been doing that for about the past 11 years, Danielle. So that's a long answer to your short question. (laughs) And so some of my listeners might be saying, well, why is a nutrition podcast talking about syrup? But you've identified dozens of compounds in pure maple syrup, and you've been applying that to the research that you just mentioned. Tell me a little bit about what you're working on and some of those health benefits you've uncovered in your research. Right, Danielle. I'm glad you, you, you raised a point because, you know, sugar we all know as high calories and in this in the sweetener space there are 
not many natural sweeteners. So pancake syrup is high fructose sometimes or a fructose-based corn syrup. But among natural sweeteners, uh, maple syrup is one that's well known. Honey is another. Agave syrup is another. And there are not many natural sweeteners that consumers have or know about. Maple syrup, it turns out, is obtained from certain species of maple trees, primarily the sugar maple, also known as Acer saccharum. And what happens is that in the uh, late winter to early spring, this is actually the first agricultural crop on the East Coast of the United States and of Canada. Sap flows from the trees and it's collected and then boiled where 40 liters roughly of sap, it's predominantly watery, is converted to one liter of syrup. Now, obviously, it's a sweetener. It has sucrose. But beyond sucrose, what else does it contain? And as we know, refined sugar is sucrose also. But when you think of it, sap is like the quote-unquote lifeblood of the tree. It's moving nutrients from the soil all the way up to the new buds. And in that sap, you're, you're finding constituents such as vitamins, minerals, phytohormones, amino acids, organic acids, And as a natural product chemist, what I was most interested in were phytochemicals, quote-unquote phytonutrients, which are known to be present in other plants, such as tea and berries and flax. And my question was, well, are there phytochemicals which are in sap, which would ultimately persist and be present in syrup during that concentration process? And I I think, just to answer your question, It is a sweetener, yes, and I've always said, you know, drizzle, don't guzzle, (laughs) but our question was, well, is it different in chemical composition and potential biological effects versus other sweeteners, other artificial sweeteners, refined sugar, and so on? So you mentioned sugar maple, and I know there's a number of other species. So what you just said, does that apply to, say, the red maple, the canning maple, all the other species? It's an interesting question, um, Danielle. So we've done a a lot of uh, studies on different species of maple, and predominantly what's used by the industry to produce maple syrup predominantly is the sugar maple. Why? Well, the sap of the sugar maple has a higher sucrose content than other maple trees or species, and therefore you will need less sap to get to the amount of bricks you'd want to get to, to 6% bricks. Um, in syrup. However, the red maple, as you just pointed out, which is Acer rubrum, is also widely used, as well as certain other maple species endemic to this region of the world, including the black maple, Acer nigrum, I think there's sycamore maple, and certain other maple species, but predominantly sugar and red maple. You mentioned some of the health benefits, and I want to revisit that. Tell me some of the specific research you're working on and What did you find? Well, we just had our, just maybe a couple of years ago, had our second global maple symposium at the American Chemical Society meeting in Orlando, Florida, where, you know, we had researchers from all over the world, including uh, from the United States, from, from Japan, as well as from Canada, from Montreal, presenting their different results, studying, you know, the biochemical effects of maple syrup, maple sap, and maple plant parts. And it's clear based on 
a growing body of animal studies, of rodent studies, non-human studies that compared to sucrose solution that maple syrup may have some potential anti-inflammatory effects against certain diseases such as metabolic syndrome. There is also a couple of human clinical studies that has just been published uh, in, in the area of sports nutrition, uh, looking at different sports drink, which uh, also have sugar compared to maple sap and maple syrup beverages, where athletes, you know, they need sugar, they need that energy. And there is some really interesting data in that space of sports nutrition for the utilization of maple sap and maple syrup. Interesting. So athletes are taking maple. You mentioned beverages. Does it come in supplement form as well? Yes. Publication was from the University of Montreal by Dr. Jonathan Tremblay. I'm looking at athletes taking uh, maple sap or maple syrup as a beverage versus, you know, sports drink. But yes, you ask a very good question, which I think is relevant for, you know, folks who tune into NutriCast, your your podcast, as well as read Nutri-Ingredients articles. In the supplement area, some of the things that we've been working on are looking at, you know, maybe potentially taking the very, very dark, off-flavored grades of maple syrup, which the industry produces by metric tons and has no use. It's a byproduct. Uh, They call it a waste product. I call it a byproduct. And taking that uh, dark, off-flavored grade of syrup, which is not good for putting on top of your pancakes, using that to remove sugar and reduce sugar and enrich it in an extract, which we call MSX, MSX, maple syrup extract, which has all the bioactives, including the vitamins and minerals, the phytohormones and the phytochemicals, sugar reduced to potentially advance that as a supplement. And we have done some preliminary studies so far, animal toxicity studies. It's well tolerated, non-toxic, and we're trying to figure out how to advance that into human clinical studies. It's a very fascinating field that I'm sure has probably been underexplored. I mean, were you one of the first people or the first person to really take a hold of this topic and research it? Daniel, I humbly tell you right now that our group is probably the world's leader, global leader in the research underlying the phytochemicals present in maple sap, maple syrup, and maple species. Before we started looking at this, we've been doing this for about a decade uh, there was some studies done uh, showing that there are potential polyphenols present in sap and syrup, but not to the extent that we have taken it. So we have done a really deep dive into this natural product, into sap, maple water, which is a functional beverage, into maple syrup, into maple sugar, into maple syrup extract, as well as we've started looking at exploring other parts of the plant to develop nutraceuticals, as well as natural products which could be used in the cosmetic industry. Uh, for example, we, we saw ethnobotanically and ethnomedicinally that the native people of this region of North America were using uh, various parts of the maple species to boil it, like the bark was boiled and consumed as a liver tonic, or they will consume the bark in term, uh, bake it into a bread. And we were wondering, just like cinnamon is a spice, well, are there medicinal compounds in other parts of the plant that are interesting? And we have indeed done a lot of work in this area for gut health and also for skin health. We have, we have developed an extract from maple leaves, which has been trademarked called maple leafa. There is a patent on it from the University of Rhode Island that has been licensed uh, to a company in Indiana uh, known as Verdure, 
We're a natural product company, a botanical ingredient company, which has been uh, very interesting in advancing maple leaf uh, in the cosmetics mm-hmm. space. I actually wrote about maple leaf, uh, I believe, last October. And as you mentioned, it is by Verdure Sciences, and they actually are one of our sponsors for an upcoming sports nutrition webinar that I'm hosting on July 8th. So everyone be sure to check that out. Uh, But going back to all the different health benefits, there's also some environmental and economic value. Is that right? Very right, Danielle. You know, when you when you look at the region, it's it's very cultural. Maple is a cultural and iconic symbol to this part of the world. As I said, it's the first agricultural crop of the year. It shows the coming of spring. There are festivals um, around maple, sugar bushes, as well as the economical impact of the production of this food, which only, as I said, you know, comes from from Canada and the eastern part of, of North America, and its uh, impact on uh, to the farmers, to the region, to sustainability, to growing local and eating local is enormous. So it's a whole, I think, a holistic view of, of keeping trees erect and having good forestry management rather than chopping them down and putting in more shopping malls. So it's a very, you know, interesting natural product that really connects at different levels with the people of this part of the world. For, for me, as a natural product researcher and a professor, as a teacher researcher, you know, it's, I'm honored and it's, it's a really a privilege to be involved in, in doing research on this exotic plant, as you pointed you out. You also received a pretty large grant, right, for your research? The United States Department of Agriculture has a program called the ACER program. ACER is the maple genus. And And this program started about three years ago where the United States Department of Agriculture, the USDA, issued a proposal, you know, focused entirely on market promotion of maple syrup and sap products, as well as, you know, uh, maybe increasing production of maple syrup. Why? Well, as I said, it's an important economic crop to the United States for sure, as well as to Canada. And our group uh, at, at that time, given our strong background in biochemical research that we were doing applied for a grant and we we're funded. Your listeners, if they want to check it out, our URI website, URI Maple, if you were just to Google that, it'll pop up. And um, the purpose of the grant is to increase awareness and to promote the utilization of maple syrup. Of course, we have to be very cautious and careful in how we convey the message because it's still a sweetener. But again, uh, you know, promoting it to consumers and to to really have consumers connect to the cultural and understand the economical aspects, as I just uh, explained earlier about what this natural product is. So it's a very cool website, I think. You know, we have published so much, so many papers on on maple, but obviously only our peer-reviewed journals are read probably by peers, and we wanted to make sure that the layperson, um, as well as you know, uh, professionals like dietitians or physicians, could go and understand what the peer-reviewed data really meant. So we're explaining it in terms of news bites and YouTube videos and creating, you know, unique ways of which uh, we can communicate the market promotion of of It's certainly a really cool tool and platform that you develop there. So, yeah, I would definitely encourage anybody to visit that website because it is interesting. And obviously, you guys are very excited about it and made it very user-friendly and fun. Thank you, Daniel. And, you know, it's it's also... It was an opportunity for us as, as research scientists to really collaborate with folks from the communication department at URI, as well as folks from the, the marketing department. And it's interesting to have our students, you know, who 
have science and and learn how to communicate science and then market that science. Kind of like what you guys do on Nutri Ingredients. You know, you're making it really understandable to people who may not have that background. So it was, you know, it's it's just a cool grant. You know, it's it's great about Maple, but it's really how do we communicate and how do we market and promote it? Really, really, really cool project. I'm very happy to be a part. Yeah, and another thing I wanted to talk about is obviously right now we are in the midst of a pandemic. This has really highlighted the United States and really the world's dependence on, say, China, you know, especially in the dietary supplement world. Uh, We've experienced so many supply chain issues. It has to be nice to live in a region where maple is right there and ready and you don't have to rely on anybody else. Yes, that's a good point. You know, because the plants are endemic, the trees are endemic to this part of the world, it's really a a niche, again, North American crop, cannot be outsourced to China or India. It's here. We have access to it. We have access to sapin, therefore can produce syrup as well as to the plant parts, you know, fall leaves. If you were ever to visit the New England area in the fall, all these leaves, which can be collected and then extracted for value-added products, such as, you know, I explained before with the extracts, um, cosmetic purposes and so on. So, yeah, it's it's really, you know, there are now many ingredients which are from, uh, you know, unique and, and indigenous and niche to this part of the world, and you know there there's some, but again, you know this is really a crop that's been here before the colonists came. This was not introduced by the, the settlers. This was here, utilized by the native peoples of this part of the world for centuries, and really, you know, I think as you said, you know, really interesting during this uh, pandemic to think about, you know, what do we have local? As a natural product chemist, I always look around and say, what is here? What do I need to work on that's important to the people who are living in the area, the region? You mentioned this very niche area that you're working on. Are you continuing to work on maple or are you looking at other botanicals or resources here in the region? What's next for you? Yes, I am. As a natural product chemist, I do look at other botanicals. Many of them I've published, um, as I alluded to, berries and and other small fruit, as well as nuts and pomegranates and so on. But with the maple work, you know, it was so fresh and exciting and new that we've done so much. We want to expand and look at what the native peoples were using, you know, as their sources of medicines. As I said about ethno-medicinal uh, uses were traditional cultures, just like mine, from the Caribbean, from South America, or my ancestors from India, um, from traditional Chinese medicine. Well, the question is, what were the native people of this part of the world using, the North American Indians, you know, and the Narragansett tribes? Uh, what were they using, for example? And can we look into those plants um, for the discovery of new drugs or new supplements or new uh, extracts? So maple for sure, yes, but there are other candidates. So. Maybe we'll chat in a couple of years, uh, uh, Danielle, and I can continue to fill you in on some of the new work that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. So many stones still unturned. Dr. Navindra Suram, thank you so much for sharing your insight on maple. Drizzle, don't guzzle. Sage advice. (laughs) Danielle, thank you for having me on your podcast. Thank you for being my first Spartan guest on the NutraCast. Go green. Go white, Danielle. like what you just heard, you can subscribe to the NutraCast on iTunes. And for even more Nutra-related content, you can always head to NutraIngredients-USA.com. Thank you.
you so much for joining me today. I'm Danielle Masterson. As always, I'll catch you here on the NutriCast next week.